insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals five-star recruit. He is the agency owner of Portal Insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome my friend, Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? I am doing the best I have ever been. I am so happy to be here today. I will say about 45 seconds before we went on air, you don't know this. I'm telling you this okay. first time. I'm going down the hallway to you take my final bathroom break before we take, do about five podcasts today, and my phone rings. And this guy's on the other end of the phone. It's, it's a Pennsylvania number, but it didn't pop up as spam. And I thought, you know what? I got just a second. I got just a second before I go put headphones on and start this podcast. So I answer the phone. This guy on the other end of the phone from Pennsylvania goes, hey, Scott. Hey, man. I listen to your podcast. No, I swear. I swear to you. This is what he said. He goes, I listen to your podcast, and I'm on the I'm on the higher, slow, fire, fast part of, of your podcast right now. Wow, that and, was early. And he just starts he just starts like going into it, like <laughs> questions. And he he never he never says, Hey, did did I catch you at a bad time? Are you are you you know is this okay? And he just he just goes. And finally, I, I said I said stop stop right there stop right there. I said I'm I'm going on a podcast in like thirty seconds. <laughs> So can can you call me back this afternoon yeah, sometime? Yeah. You know, I always like those calls. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, he didn't. How did he, you get your number? It, it wasn't. There was no. How are you doing? There was yeah. no small talk. It was just. Well, you know, boom, boom, boom. it's and, and you know, you know, when you're around people that you feel like, and Billy can appreciate this. Today's guests that are are you know are super uh, time sensitive. Mm-hmm. They can hurt you, your feelings. You, well, well, what no? What I'm saying is, is you you kind of want to skip the fluff and just right. go straight. You know, right, right. this is my question. This is I'm getting straight into it. Right. You know what I mean? So, so you know, sometimes with you, I feel that way. Yeah, like I can tell almost when I call you how busy you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I never don't want to. I never want to not answer. I you understand. Know? I, and and I'm bad to not answer if I'm doing something. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. I got something really important going on or I'm doing something. But yeah, if I don't answer somebody, it's because I didn't see it. Uh, straight I up, that's you know. I get it. Podcast. Take calls during podcast. Like, yeah, I've done that before. So, Um, Guys, let me tell you about the mission of this podcast. We're here to help insurance agents any way we can. I don't care what segment of the business we're talking about. We just want to help you guys and give you, in every single episode, one or two things that you can get off the podcast, go back to your office or go to your office and sit there and implement in your agency, or at least think about. We'll just give you some things to think about, like new technologies that are out there. But guys, today we have a very special guest with us. I I have been reading up on him the way that the Discovery Channel studies meerkats, and I am blessed and honored to have him with us today. I can tell you one thing. He has accomplished a great deal in his lifetime. I agree with that. And I always enjoy being around people and surrounding myself with people who are uber successful because you can learn a lot from them. Remember this, guys. You're defined by your environment and the five people you hang around with the most. I've always said that. I will continue to say that. And with that said, let me introduce a guy that I wish I could spend a ton of time with. First and foremost, he is originally from West Palm Beach, Florida. He currently lives in Neptune Beach, Florida, and he is married to his beautiful wife, 
Anouk, and I, he has two kids, Landon and Skyler. He started his agency, insurance agency, in 2006 and has been recognized as one of the top-selling agencies in the United States of America. He's been featured in IA Magazine. He serves in the Big Brother, Big Sister program. That's fantastic. He's written a book. Written a book. Written How many book. people you know written a book? Written a book entitled Insuring Your Peace of Mind and has raised over $30,000 for a veteran organization called Folds of Honor. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor to welcome to the podcast today, Mr. Billy Wagner. How are you, Billy? I'm um, so great. Thank you for that intro. I'm very excited to be with you guys. Dude, you've accomplished so much in your life. Let me ask you a question. I've accomplished one or two things in my life. I never look back. I don't I don't even I tore the damn rearview mirror off the car. Do you ever look back at your accomplishments at all or do you are you just constantly looking forward? Yeah, I'm much more of a forward thinker and always mm. thinking about what the next 5 and 10 years mm. are going to be, but I also will ask a lot of people in my inner circle and say, you know, what do I have coming? You're, you know, you're 10 years older than me. What do I, what can I expect and try to learn as much as I can to, to really uh, focus on the future though. You know, sure. that, that, that right there, what you just said, people need to write that shit down. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I have never done that before. Well, that is fantastic <clears throat> to, to talk with older mentors and say, Hey, next 10 years, what, what I got in front of me here Yeah, to interject here. I'll tell the listeners and Scott kind of how Billy made his way on this podcast. So he posted, or someone posted, I think, Billy, in an insurance group on Facebook about efficiency, I believe, mm-hmm. and setting your office up for efficiency mm-hmm. and having a more modern office similar to the place we're recording at right now, right. Container Yard, more modern and more cool, fun, and hip to work right. to attract people. And Billy posted a few things on there, and I was like, man, it's like, I got, I got to have a phone call with this guy. And I do that a lot. I'll mm-hmm. see people on Facebook like, hey, let's hop on like a 20-minute phone call, whether it be them asking me advice right. or me asking them advice. Basically and, how I found you. And we had a – yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and although it, it, I did a lot less back then. <laughs> so with, with Billy, we hopped on about a, what, a 20-minute phone call, Billy, and I was like, oh, my God, I've got to have this guy on the podcast. So uh, that's kind of how this happened. Billy, here's what I want you to do for me. I've got a lot of questions for you today. Number one, because the area that you're the best in is the area that I'm the worst in, if that makes any sense. Time management, efficiency, time leaks, those types of things. But before we get into what Scott's the worst at and you're the best at, get in the passenger seat of my DeLorean for just a second and let's go back in time and tell our listening audience how you got in the business and the insurance business and then just work us up to today. Yes, absolutely. So I actually started my career in the restaurant business out of college. And I started studying the insurance side because a lot of the managers that worked for me went into it. And I opened a scratch uh, independent agency in 2006 uh, with an outfit uh, called Brightway Insurance. And they were just starting. And I was actually the first person to purchase the franchise rights uh, to Brightway. And I built out 10 stores with them. And we built a $50 million premium territory in those 10 stores over the last probably 10 years or so. And I just recently sold that rights to those stores back to them. And I kept my main location, which is about half of that growth uh, in the main one location. And talk about simplifying my life. That's exactly what I did. I took all of that off. And now I I run a very uh, high volume 
personal lines agency. We focus on the home buying experience. Uh, I've got 10 sales agents and we'll do, you know, about 5,000 new policies per year. And so we're, you know, very, very high growth, but very, very focused on the experience and efficiencies and making the expectation for the consumer is, you know, it's really changed in the last five years. And we're really focused. I mean, really, the expectation is 15 minutes or less. And we know as agents, it's really difficult to do that. But we, that's, our, that's our goal is to try to be as efficient as we possibly can through the sales process. What's the, the makeup personal versus commercial in that? Because I know that's what 85% of our listeners are thinking right now. Sure. So it's pretty much all personal lines. I've got one commercial producer that just does referral-based stuff only and niche stuff. But it's it's ninety five percent personal lines. You know something that you know everybody likes to thump their chest and say, "Well, we're commercial," or this, that, and the other, and or and the commercial guys. Sometimes I see you'll say, "You know, oh, I couldn't imagine running a you know twenty million dollar personal lines agency." And I think it was uh, you probably know Christian Moore, don't you? Yes. I think it was yeah. Christian Moore who is I think wants to be nothing but personal lines. Said you know if big commercial agent loses one account, that could be a huge percentage of their book. If I lose one account, I don't care. You know, it's, it's such a small percentage. Right. So it's kind of a, a different way to look at it. Yeah. You have to be structured correctly in order to make it work. But, you know, our retention on the personal line stuff is like 92, 93% somewhere in there. Yeah. And when I first started out, like everybody, when they first started out, they want to do everything for everybody. Right. And I wrote some of these large commercial accounts and lost them. And I realized I can write a huge uh, commercial account in premium size and personal lines each month and every month. And the retention on it has been very, very good. You've got to be able to have, again, efficiencies and structure in your agency because there is not a lot of margin. So you've got to be real strategic about how you do it. Billy, I, I, I want to go back before we get into the time management stuff. A couple things I wanted to ask you about. First and foremost, you sold back to Brightway. You sold back to them. Are, are you planning on, based on whatever you made in that transaction, are you planning on diversifying and getting into anything else besides insurance? So I am doing uh, just some real estate stuff. So I just recently bought the building that we're going to be in and I'm going to do some personal residential real estate and cash and diversify that way. But I'm all, I'm all in on my model and what I'm doing and I'm going to build, you know, my, my goal is to have a $50 million premium agency in my one office. And that's kind of what I'm structured and trying to do right now. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of both, but yeah, focused really on on growth still, just doing it a little bit differently than I first started out. Right. The other thing that you said that really piqued my interest, you said expectations have changed so much in the past five to 10 years. Talk, talk a little bit more about what you perceive, because remember, perception is reality. What you perceived as, you know, as far as those changes, what the prospect and client's expectations are today versus 10 years ago? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. I think it's changed so much. And I, even just in the last three years, it's mm-hmm. changed really drastically. And I think, you know, we all talk about like the agent of the future is somebody that is really focused on that, on that experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I analyze the, and I, and I can tell you that if an agency is struggling, it's almost always regarding the experience. I mean, it is absolutely everything. So I'll secret shop my office three times a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are scripted on everything that we say and do in the agency. There's mm-hmm. no expensive freelancing going on. Mm-hmm. So everything is very strategic about 
building rapport with the client, which I think is relationships is everything. So we're re- real strategic about how do we build that rapport and bring them into our agency. And I think what we're learning now is that we've got to use a lot of autom- we can use some technology and some automation to make things easier, but we still got to focus on that client relationship. And th- and that's just you know that's really what we focus on exclusively. Bradley and I don't sell anything. We don't have anything in over here that we're trying to push on anybody. One thing that I want to do is give our agents that listen to our podcast some actionable steps in every episode to help them grow their agencies and be a better agency. Mike Stromso says it best, big doors swing on little hinges. And I think you probably do as good a job as anybody in the country. I can just tell you're a guy that if something's not working, you figure it out, you make the tweak. That tweak can mean, you know, substantial growth within your agency. But give, give our listening audience, when you talk about steps or ways to build rapport you know, person picks up the phone, don't care how they heard about you guys, pick up the phone, they call you, somebody's about to answer that telephone, and the, the person on the other end wants an insurance quote. Tell, tell our listening audience some ways that you build rapport, or have your agency staff build rapport with your potential clients. And, and even after the sale. Oh, yeah, especially after the sale. That's when it's... Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing we do is we answer the phone that says, how can I make this the best call of your day? So it's, it's smile with an energy and it's called a pattern interrupt. So people aren't expecting you to answer the phone that way. So that, that they automatically kind of pause and they go, oh, this is going to be kind of a different conversation. We tell people that they are our biggest priority and that we're dropping everything right now to focus solely on them. And we walk through and try to find out what's wrong with them. Just like when you go to a doctor, they find out what's wrong and they check everything. Like what, what's wrong? Well, how can we help? What's the pain point? What's the problem that we can solve for you? And really just kind of, you know, be a friendly talking and this is not easy either. Like this scripting stuff, it's probably taken seven or eight years to get it right. Mm-hmm. And it's every single month we do a meeting and we I video my team and we walk through different scenarios, common scenarios, different client conversations that we're going to have. And we use that circle of trust and say, well, I would have said this or I would have said this. And this right. is the most efficient. And we just get better by, by yeah. doing those things. We got to practice. Yeah. You know, not, not to mention coming up with the right scripts and things to say, but then getting your staff to buy into why you're doing that and do it correctly and doing it the same every single time. That way you have consistent results. You know, I was talking to my team and I actually talked to uh, the young agents of Tennessee this weekend about correctly onboarding your clients after you write them. You know, if you can onboard each client exactly the same, not only does that give them a similar experience. It gives you a similar similar experience and what that client's going to need after the sale at scale. And you can almost yeah. predict what the client's going to do. Yeah. I mean, and our, our business is not that complicated. Sometimes it, it needs to be simplified for the consumer drastically. I think it's a big issue with our industry. But we take a look at like different scenarios that are coming up. There's probably in, in everyone's agency, there's probably about 10 scenarios that come up over and over again. And so not only do we script those scenarios, but we also have documented responses to those same questions from an efficiency standpoint. We use Outlook's quick parts tool, and we basically have all those in there. And I'm constantly looking at them. Do they need to be refined? And how, you know, so it's, it's about processes and people. And those are the things that really, truly 
kind of make those things happen from the client relationship and the efficiencies in the agency. I use Outlook as well. What is the, what is the quick parts tool? It basically is a little drop down insert. So, you know, somebody calls and asks, you know, why did my premium go up? That you click, you know, premium increase and it'll drop down a perfect response mm. for that. So you just, it's basically like a draft that's saved, mm. but it's just a one click button that you, it drops into your email and mm-hmm. just makes everything very systematic well, for Laurel the team. Laurel does that. She has that in her agency. In terms of automation, what are you guys doing to touch existing clients? What, what technologies are you going to do that? Yeah, we, we use Active Campaign and, and and quite honestly, like Brightway's got a system where they do a lot of the marketing for us. So they're they're doing newsletters, email touches, cross sale campaigns. I mean, we're touching our clients probably about ten times a year, different touch points, and they're not salesy touch points, they're education, entertaining, those kind of things. Give us an example of some of those. You know, we have like a, a spring newsletter that'll say, you know, how to declutter your home and, you know, just things that are going on in the industry, some different trends that, that might affect them and things like that. So we do that with our client relationships. And I, we also have, you know, the system that I built is more geared towards the referral relationships, which I think is really, really critical to make sure you're touching them consistently. So that's where our business comes from. So we're touching them probably about six times a year in different facets. You know, whether there's a hurricane coming, we'll send an email of the storm or the trees blowing over and say, we can still buy in your coverage, even though there's a storm in the box, if it's a new closing, things like that. Just value add touches that we're doing, you know, internally and externally for our centers of influence and our clients. Scott Howell did a video one time before a hurricane was going to hit mm-hmm. where he had a, uh, a birdhouse on the back of a pickup truck and, took a sledgehammer to the birdhouse and yeah. said, this is what this, hur- <laughs> this, this hurricane is going to do to your damn house if you live in Miami or Dade County. It was one of those birdhouses <laughs> I got from Lowe's that looked like a beach house. It had the beach house feel to it. And I set it back there. And when I got through talking, I turned around and I had a rubber, like 12-pound mallet in my hand. And I just absolutely demolished that birdhouse. It's hilarious. <laughs> so let's get to the important stuff. More important to me, selfishly, because it's stuff that I'm horrible at. So. Billy, Billy may be more passionate about time management than anybody I've ever talked to on the phone, and we've only talked on the phone for 20 minutes. <laughs> because he had he had something to do. He was uh, time blocked for the next. Well, just minutes. just go ahead and go 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 in go into yeah. Billy. Go into the importance of time management. Why you think yeah. more people should adopt it, and some of the things that you do to compress time in your life? I'll break it into two sections, kind of, you know, home and agency. But I think the first thing for me was I had to have my why, like my clarity around how I wanted to live my life. You know, so we had a successful agency, but I was like, how how does my life become successful? And so I'd established these core values of like growth, relationships, making an impact. And that making an impact one was really important to me. Like I want to make an impact in the community as an insurance agency that's where we can really shine. And I realized like in order for me to do that, I've got to get more time back. And so about two or three years ago, I was going to be the president of our Rotary Club, which is 135 members. It's 154 events a year. I knew it was a huge impact that I could make. So it aligned with my core values, but I didn't have the time to do it. So I basically took my life and I completely managed it uh, to say, how do I get 20 hours back? And I did some crazy things. I uh, became laser focused on how do I structure my life 
more efficiently. And speaking of lasers, I actually had the hair lasered off my face, so I didn't have to shave anymore. That's one of the most extreme things I did. So That's what painful, he said but... when I was like, we've got to do a podcast. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. You wish you could see Scott's yeah. face right I, now. You could see my face when he said that. I was like, holy... <laughs> You know when you have you know when something happens and the light bulb comes on over your head and you're like oh yeah you're not kidding this guy is legit <laughs> that yeah I mean that's was that, shocking all that right shows there. that I'm <laughs> that <laughs> shows that I'm serious about it but then you know I think the other thing is like the calendar you know your calendar is is everything it says who you are and what you do and you know the most important things kind of go on my calendar first whether it be those relationships with my kids and my wife, uh, my inner circle, and then like the exercise goals, I've got to maintain that. And then building my team and growth, like all those things are on my calendar first and nothing gets in the way of that. So like, if you want to meet with me on a Monday, I'm working out with my trainer at this time and you can, I, I'm not changing that mm-hmm. because I know it's important, right? So you first have to set those guide wires and guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, if I'm hearing you correctly, so the first thing you did was reverse engineer all of your time leaks, right? Because shaving is a time yep. leak. You know, yep. that's a time that's one time leak. That's that's five to ten minutes in your day, let's say five minutes. Right. That you've got to get you've got to extract that out. Then uh, let me guess what you did next. Did you go to a one shirt, one pair of pants so you don't have to pick out clothes? Yeah, so where uh Grant Botma recently yeah, he, he ordered like mm-hmm. like 30 versions of the exact same t-shirt yeah. to wear every day, like Mark Zuckerberg. So you- Yes. So I haven't gone to that extreme. I don't think I will go to that extreme, but it is true that 20% of the, you know, your outfit is you wear 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. So I did reverse the hangers in my closet and anything that I didn't wear in six months, I got rid of, donated it. Gotcha. I don't have any clutter right. in my life. So we kind of remove that from our car, our house, our office. Like there's no paper on my desk. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no clutter in our house. You can hire a, they have actually have a, a job is to come in and organize your house. It's very inexpensive and they go through and help you organize it. So you don't have things everywhere. It's just, you know, I had everything that I do at home was outsourced. 100% nothing is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And yep. even the few things that were, I've now my son's 11 years old, so he takes those as his as his chores so that I can spend my time with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, all our bills are put on bill pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that was, gosh, alarming was when the iPhone started tracking screen time. Mm-hmm. When I looked at what I was spending there, I about had a heart attack. And I, that, so I set my own parameters on my screen time for my kids and for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was a huge time-saving uh, initiative that I did. I know Karen Karen Simmons, who is the host of Cheers to Business podcast, who's actually literally recording right next door to us right now. She's a real successful <laughs> entrepreneur and CPA. She talks about don't clean your own house. If you're in business for yourself, don't clean your own house. You need to outsource that because if you're successful and you're you're up there in price and what you're making and things like that, I mean, it's costing you money to be cleaning your house. Absolutely. You know. Now my house is yeah, thirteen hundred square and, feet, so it takes me eight minutes to clean it, but still. Yeah. So so Billy, yeah. I want to ask this question. After we got through with with getting rid of all of our time leaks, which I can tell you did a hell of a job of figuring that out, then you sat down and you wrote down the these these things and these times are non negotiable. Right. So my one hour with my trainer 
at the gym every morning at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever time it is, that's non-negotiable. That's going in every day. Yeah, and I also figured out what my peak time was. Mm -hmm. So for me, I am at my best from 9 to 11. Mm -hmm. And so I focus from 9 to 11 on my biggest priorities. If I'm doing any writing, uh, marketing, things that that I'm leveraged best to do are, are blocked out for that time. So you, you know, that's the time that I kind of do those. And I don't do that every single day, mm -hmm. but majority of the days, nine to 11 is kind of my, you know, my peak time where uh, I'm focused on my, my biggest priorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine's two, about two to five. That's when I jam. I can wrap up with some stuff between See, about two to five. My, mine is, uh, is probably 7 a.m. to about 1030. And I like taking an early lunch. Mm -hmm. That way I have a lot of day left in mm -hmm. case I didn't get to anything. But then you find yourself about 4 o'clock fading, fading out, don't you? And then I'll kind of ramp back up sometimes around 9 after I put Clayton to bed. I'll want to do some more work. And that's sometimes where Laurel looks at me and is like, come on. Stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah. stop. Turn your brain off is, is her, her – uh, that's her, her cue to me to, to stop. Mm -hmm. But, Billy, too, you know, one thing I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, with the gym and, and everything like that, it's probably something that – you had to get your family to buy into as well, right? In terms of you doing it. Yes, absolutely. One of the best things we do as a family is we have a, a weekly meeting as a family and we talk about these kind of things and we talk about our schedules and where we're supposed to be and we solve problems together and we run it like, you know, Robert's rules and the kids take turns running it. And it's actually a really, really cool process. And that's where, you know, you, we talk about where, how we're going to spend time together that is, doesn't cost any money. And we talk about what we're going to eat for the week. I and mean, it's just really, really cool to kind of organize your family life in that way. That's one of the best things we ever did. And if you're having an argument about something or something's wrong or there's a process broken, we just say put it on the meeting agenda. And then we go, okay, how do we solve it? Versus, you know, the parent coming in there and going, this is how we're going to do it, do it. You get the kids involved and coming up with that solution and is much, much better. So you and I, our families went on vacation together. Would I show up at the airport and you would walk up to me with a itinerary of what we're doing for the entire time we're there, time blocked out? <laughs> no. Uh, so it's funny. That's how I'm wired, but my wife is completely opposite. Mm -hmm. So we are a perfect pair for a vacation. Right. So she builds in those times. I can't just sit on a beach. That's just not how I'm wired, but my wife, that's her favorite thing to do. So mm -hmm. we just, she knows that I'm going to schedule some things and I know that, you know, she's going to want to just chill yep. and, and we just, we work it through that way. Do you ever have like a, like a two week span where you're just like, I'm not doing anything scheduled these two weeks, whether it be a vacation or holidays or something like that? Or is it just, you're so passionate about being on schedule and being time management that it actually detracts from a mental break when you do that? No, I think like for me at the end of the day, like I do all these things so that I can have autonomy. So yeah. that that's the most important thing to me is autonomy. So I can enjoy, you know, we do quite a few vacations now. I didn't obviously when I first started the business, but we do a lot of vacations and I can unwind and I can, you know, we do a ski trip or something like that every year. So there's definitely times where I can unwind and, and not be focused on it. But I don't know, it just has become one of my passions where I'm always like looking at different technologies and what's coming down the road and what, you know, how can I be more efficient? I don't know. It's just come something that I've just really, really, I care about a lot. You know? Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. You are the human embodiment of something that Jocko Willick, who, who has a podcast, if you guys have never listened, 
if you like military, if you like discipline, if you like listening to stories about military battles and things like that, Jocko Willick was a Navy SEAL. He has a great podcast, huge following on YouTube. I've never listened to it. Oh, it's amazing. But he talks about discipline is freedom. I mentioned this to a bunch of agents this weekend, and they all looked at me like a calf trying to look at a new gate. Uh, Y'all can use that if you want. Um, Discipline is freedom. The more disciplined you get, the more freedom you will have. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but when you don't have discipline, you don't have a schedule, you don't find your time leaks – the more chaotic your life is, the less the less freedom you have. So what you've basically done, you are the human embodiment of that that saying, "Discipline is freedom." You've you've given you've put yourself in a position where you've taken away all of the time leaks. You've you've created this schedule of, of what's important, and by doing that, it gives you more freedom. Does it, does that make sense? One hundred percent. I couldn't have said it any better. That's exactly how I, I view it, and I think. It also is the same for your team, you know, your staff and, and making sure that they know what winning looks like, what their role clearly is. And it's very defined for them on what they're supposed to do. How do they cross the goal line? Like all those things, it's, it's, it's a little bit of micromanagement at first, but then once they start doing it, you know, then, then everything is rolling and you're just making tweaks, you know? So I think, Having those written processes, having the accountability for who's responsible for what is, is really, really critical to getting the agency right, you know, finding those, cause there, the agency can be the biggest time suck around. Absolutely. I mean, there's it's yeah. never, there's never any more, <laughs> never, well, never not enough stuff to do. I mean, there's always stuff to do. I've heard of, of agency owners and I can absolutely relate to this that have some sort of rule. And I'll tell you, actually, the example is is Jason Will, who you may not know, Billy, but Scott and I do, and we've had him on the podcast. He runs a really successful real estate firm here in Mobile. He has a team of, I think, 20 people. So he has a real estate company, independent brokerage, with about 150 people, and then he has a team, I think, of about 30. And one thing that he had, one rule he's had to make is, you know, don't call me. And I don't think he's like super extreme about it or a jerk or anything, but like, you know, I don't want 8 million questions throughout the day. So what he does is he is guaranteed to be at the office between eight o'clock and nine thirty in the morning. And that's where, and the, and the only thing he's doing is sitting there and, and asking questions and, and taking questions from his team. Um, have you in- implemented anything like that in your agency where you're, you know, hey, look, please don't bother me from this time to this time or that kind of thing. Or if you want to ask a question, set an appointment. If, have you gone to that extreme? Because I know, like with me, I mean, sometimes, especially with newer team members, it seems every time I walk out the door of my office, somebody's got a question for me, if nothing else, just to get FaceTime. And I recognize that because I used to be that way when I was an employee. I always like to have FaceTime with the boss, you know. Have you have you done anything, yeah. any measures with that? Have you you know, do you give them a, you know, time management one-on-one, like don't don't mess with me when I'm doing this or something of that nature? Yeah. So there's a, a lot of ways to answer that question. One of the things I do is just what I call walk-around management. So I will, you know, one of my roles is I'll just go in and check in with each person uh-huh. every single day. So I'll just say, how are things going? Show me what you have working. Is there anything I can help you with? Uh, you know, so I, they get that FaceTime with me. 
Um, I haven't written an insurance policy in eight years. I wouldn't even know how to. So they don't come to me for those questions anymore. It used to be where that was all I was doing was answering those types of questions. But what I did was built, I built some infrastructure in the agency from a role. So they come in at a certain role and they develop to those roles. And there's always somebody else before me that's going to be answering those questions. So it's either my lead salespeople or they have junior producers underneath them or they have a director of a smooth process that's going to make sure everything's flowing and smooth. Like there's a lot of people they can go as a new person to learn and get those technical stuff answered. So organizational Uh, structure, essentially. Organizational structure and things like, yeah, it's just critical to have, you know, things in place. And what I did from the very beginning, of course, when I first opened the agency, I did everything. I mean, I was taking out the trash. I started with one employee and she's still with me today, but I did absolutely everything. But when I did something and I do this still to the day, I, I, when I do something, I'm teaching. I am not doing anything just to do it anymore. So that's, that's something that's really helped scale that over the future. And you have to sure. do those things in the beginning. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't yep. necessarily have the resources or the staff or anything like that. Yeah. So tell me about written processes, video processes. I'm assuming with multiple locations that you now pared down to one that uh, I talked about this the other day too. Very difficult, if not impossible, to scale less. You have written processes in place. Do you have you know written processes down for everything you guys do, from cleaning the bathroom to how we you know the script on how you answer the phone? So 100% yes. I will say that a large part of that, though, we have a whole uh, operations manual and that, that is all part of the Brightway system. So, But everything that we do in the agency, uh, we're focused in the agency as the sales process. So everything in the sales process is documented. It's all everything. And not only that, but we run the plays. I think so much that it's kind of like everyone, it's just kind of automatic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think is really, really critical to agencies is spending and investing the time with new people and really making sure, you know, because it used to be like Sally would come in and she would sit with, you know, John and they would shadow. And now we do two full days of training on Friday and Saturday when we're not open. And we go through our whole process for eight hours, not front to back, because they need to be able to visually see what that whole experience looks like instead of just pieces of it. And then we go and do the pieces later. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do from a training people and process that really make a big difference. Yeah. I I think written processes are are more for the new hire. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Especially. And and here's what I came up with uh, Sunday when we were talking to these agents in uh, Chattanooga, I said, let's just stop calling it the word process. Because what happened is somebody said they hate the word process, didn't they? I don't know. Something, but, yeah. but I said I hate the word okay, process. Okay, maybe it was you. Okay. And I said, you know, I think we use the term process in the <laughs> insurance industry as a, as a whole. And that word in and of itself, when you say that word process, people go, oh, gosh. So I'm, I'm all in favor of, of dumbing this thing down to – Instead of calling it process, let's call it step-by-step instructions on how to do something Big Bird style. Step one. Yeah. Step two. Yeah. Step well, three. And you know, one thing that we do is is we utilize uh, screen record videos 
Um, you know, if, if there's something on the computer that I want to show everybody how to do, I can do the screen record video through through Loom. Not only is that better for them because they can, because I, I remember a manager I had in the past, he would send you a typed out step-by-step, this is how you do this process. But, uh, and I think that's fine, but with something new and something you have to kind of do on the fly, not only is it better for them to see it versus a step-by-step and you have to read and then go back to the to the site or the program, but the video is better and it saves me time because I just record a quick video of me doing it, send it to them, hey, here you go, and it saves them time because they don't have to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And to give an example, I've literally recorded one while we were doing this podcast. Yeah, so, but, you know, here, here's my here's my rebuttal to that. I'm not. I wasn't arguing. I'm just saying that's what we do. Here's my here's what I'll say to that then. Yeah. So first thing you got to figure out when you hire a team member is how do they learn the best. True. So Scott, you know how I learn the best? I you could hand me a hardback covered book of the best sales book in the history of mankind. Okay. You went down to Barnes and Noble. You were very thoughtful. You buy me a hardback covered book. You you sign it. Hey Scott, I love you, brother. Which you would never say. But hey Scott, <laughs> thanks for all you do, Bradley. Hand it to me. Greatest sales book I've ever read. It'll change your entire life. I would never read it. Right. I, I cannot sit down with a hardback book and sit there for three, four, five hours. But I could download that same book on audible.com. Listen to it. And and retain about 90% of it. Yeah. Which is solid. Yeah. So that's how I learned the best. Yeah. I've seen people... And Billy, jump in here if you want. I just think that one of the first things you got to figure out with new hires is how do they learn the best. And uh-huh. I'll tell you something we do a horrible job in our office of. We'll put a new hire behind somebody and let them watch. And every time I see that, I'm like, that this is a complete waste of time. Yeah. You learn by doing, getting them in their butt in that seat and letting them do it. Uh-huh. Right. Billy, what's, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, that, absolutely. I agree with everything that was just said. I, I like the phrase of designing outcomes better mm-hmm. than the process. Like you're mm-hmm. you're trying to design what you want to happen and, and, and lay out the playbook of how to do that is important, especially with new people. But mm-hmm. I, I just love thinking about, you know, what, what are the steps in the process? And, and even thinking about like an agent, a client's journey through our agency and going, okay, in the beginning, this is where it starts. Oh, there's a pain point there you know, what is that pain point? How do we solve it? And try to reinvent that whole process around, you know, around that. And then, you know, you design that outcome. How do you want that to, to happen? Right. And then you document it, then you do a video with it and you teach people, you let them script it and then they practice it and you secret shop them. And by the time, you know, you do all those things, everyone's better. I agree. For the agents out there, you know, you, you have built a tremendously successful, tremendously large agency. Uh, you're one of the fastest growing agencies in the country. You utilize a lot of the things that we've already discussed today. But if you had one piece of advice for that agent out there, maybe they've been an associate agent for 10 years and they're jumping out there on their own, or maybe they're just getting into the industry and starting out as a scratch agent, what would be your piece of advice that you think that they probably need to focus on the most to be successful? Yeah, I think I think if I look at the agencies that are successful across the country, 
Most of them are very good with people and recruiting and developing people. So that's the end game. I think that's where you need to, your head has to be there. But I think to start, if they're just getting started, I would focus so much on the experience that's, that's happening. So every time a quote comes in, what happens? Every time somebody calls five minutes before you open or five minutes after you close, what happens? Just role play all the scenarios that happen and fix the pain points and try to add delight to the experience they're providing. And business will come by referrals. And that's kind of how we built our agency is basically we, we get probably 3,500 to 4,000 referrals a year mm-hmm. through centers of influence and through our current clients. Mm-hmm. And it's because our experience is better than our competitors. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I would focus on if I was starting out. And when you said one of the things that you see in very successful agencies is the principle is very good with people. It sounded to me like when you said that you didn't mean potential clients or clients. You meant people as in people that come in as your employees. Is that correct? 100%. And so, you know, we're really focused on the culture. And I think the growth of my team is one of the most important things to me. It makes the hair on the back of my neck stick up if I'm helping them grow. And I think people are happiest when they're growing. So as the leader, you've got to be able to grow them, find the very best people you can. When we hire somebody, we go, they go through 100 applications to, to select one, and they go through an 18-step process. So we're finding the very best people we can. And then once they get inside our building, everything is poured into them. And I think if you do that as an owner... You will have very loyal people, and they will they will make you successful as an agency. Billy, I don't know if I've enjoyed many more. Somebody asked me Saturday, they said, which podcast do you like the best? Bradley always says something that I completely agree with, and I love it when he says it. it's like It's like, like asking you which kid you love the best, right? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this. Right. I absolutely love this podcast today. I think yep. there's a lot of valuable information for the people that listen to this show, Scott and I have talked less on this podcast episode than we do a lot of them. And that's yeah. always a good. That's always a good sign. I got, I got one more question for you because I don't want to get off yet. I, I'm 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 enjoying this so much. What at what point in your career or when you got started in the insurance business did you wake up and decide that this was your destiny? That this was this was going to be, you know, we, we all search for meaning in our life you know, a meaning to our life. And I remember getting in the industry and at some point, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but I remember about year, end of year one, maybe year two, I remember thinking, this this is it for me. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Do you remember yeah, when that happened to you? I absolutely remember it. I think, you know, making the decision to start a scratch agency is always very difficult. I left a very high paying job Mm -hmm. and we made nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing for many years. And I think it was about two or three years into the agency when I realized I could scale it and there was not going to be a better place for autonomy Mm -hmm. and making an impact. And so that's when I was like, oh, I'm all in on this. And that's mm-hmm. why I invested heavily in the team. And mm-hmm. so it was about two or three years in where I was like, I'm never doing anything else in my life. This is the best decision I ever made mm-hmm. was to get into this business. And is it running the agency or making the impact that's that's more important to you? It's making the impact more than anything. I think the agency now, because of the systems in place, I'm only doing things that I have a passion for. And the agency is kind of running. Um, and I, and it's, it's, it's enabling so many opportunities for 
my team and my people. And there's a lot of huge growth plans that I have that they're going to benefit from. So I love just helping my inner circle the most. I mean, that's kind of what I find the most joy in. Does it ever weigh you down the responsibility that we have, not only to our, our employees thinking about their families, their kids, but then our clients and how, is there a job in America that has more responsibility than an insurance agent, you know, principal insurance agent has? Yeah. Does that ever weigh, yeah, does that ever weigh you down or do you ever think about that? Oh, absolutely. It's on my mind all the time. And that's what kind of, I guess, is still driving me. You know, I mean, I've, I've reached where I'm not concerned about my own financial, Mm -hmm. but I'm now worried about everybody else's. Right. And so that's really where my focus is now. Mm. And that's It's a very driving, motivated Mm. thing. Mm -hmm. Well, brother, I really appreciate you being on the show today. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to Bradley. And I want to have you on again sometime. And man, I'd love to hear him speak at one of these insurance conferences, like just talking about success, time management, those types of things. I know I'm sitting here talking like you're not even on this phone call right now, but um, I really, I really do. I really do appreciate it. I would love to get in the boat with you some more sometime and come down and visit your agency and just talk to you a little bit and spend a day or two with you. I think you're somebody that could really help me and I need a hell of a lot of, and I need a lot of help. Trust me. I Listen, I am no different than any insurance agent listening to this show right now. All the problems they have, I have all the same problems. All the mistakes they make, I make the same mistakes. But I feel like people like you can help me because I feel like in some areas of my life where I'm weak in, I think you, you're, you're somebody that could really help me. So don't be surprised if I don't reach out to you. It would be my pleasure. I have a lot of respect for you guys. You do, you do a lot of great things, and what you're doing with this podcast is pretty amazing for the insurance world. So I, my pleasure anytime. Well, guys, listen to me. I'm going to close this thing down. Insurance agents from around the world, listen to me. I don't know if there's anything more important than hiring great people in your organization. But if you're going to reach your full potential and – grow your agency and have the type of freedom that we talk about that agency owners can have, you're going to have to get disciplined with your time management, your time leaks, focusing, making the most important thing the most important. I challenge you today to do what Billy's done, take an inventory of time leak, take an inventory of what's the most important things, you know, carve those times out during your day and help your agency staff. And I talked a lot about this Saturday or Sunday when, when Bradley and I were together. But, you know, keeping your agency top of mind during the day uh, is very important. So, Billy, I just want to thank you again for being on the show. And remember, as I always say, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that damn desk. Stop shuffling paperwork around. Stop looking at your scorecard bonus. Stop shaving. Stop shaving. Start finding your time leaks. Stop looking at the damn TPS report to try to determine what your damn you know profit sharing bonus is going to be this year. And go out into the agency. Help your team members be better agents. And then go out into the big bad world and sell insurance. 
And, and remember this, write good business for the agencies that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Billy. Billy, have a great day. I love you too, brother. Hey, guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love you very much, and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.